Hi, and welcome to the podcast ministry of New Life Church in Springfield, Ohio. We hope that the transformative truths of God's Word impact, challenge, and bless you. 1 Corinthians 10 and 13. 1 Corinthians 10 and verse 13. No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. But God is faithful, and he will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. But with the temptation will also make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. Amen. Let's bow our heads. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that we we know that you have orchestrated our service and our words and our testimonies so far uh, to achieve what you would have us to to understand and for the transformation that you would make in our hearts and lives today, God. And even this evening, there, there is more. For us, God, we, we want to be faithful. We want to get everything out of this service that we possibly can. And, and your word has the power to transcend all of men's ideas or all the reports of, of anyone else. God, we will believe your report. And we thank you for your holy word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. First of all, every trial has a maximum limit and an expiration date. That's something that we need to uh, recall sometimes. Something, you know, whenever we're in the middle of a valley or an issue or a struggle, you need to understand that, that nothing takes God by surprise. As a matter of fact, all the things that are allowed to come into a believer's life, uh, not only can he twist and turn those and, 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 and just reset those to where it's something that can actually bless and strengthen and make you more than what you could have been without them, not only can he use what the enemy meant for evil, uh, for good in your life, but, but he knows exactly how much a person can take. Somebody said amen. He allows that limit to be hit sometimes. Somebody else say amen who's walking through something. Amen. Sometimes uh, he allows that, you know, it to butt up right against that limit. But there is a maximum of how much God will allow a person to bear and it will always be under that which we're unable to bear. He will never let, let things come into your life that he can't take you through if you'll hold on to his hand. Not only that, there's an expiration date. There's an expiration date on your, on your trouble, on your struggle, on the valley that you're walking through. There is a mountaintop experience for you in this situation, in this area. God did not allow things to come into your life and to, to, to fall apart uh, that, that you are going to have to live with forever. He's a healer. He's going to bring you through faithfully on the other side. No temptation has overtaken you except for what is common to man. You're not the only one going through it, the Word of God would have you to know. People have gone through it, and that's not to devalue what, how you feel. And, and, you know, it's not to, that, that we don't empathize with somebody's struggle. We're just saying that uh, you know, as an encouragement, you're not the only one. And to be perfectly honest, a little bit of, you know, a little bit of tough love here. Uh, sometimes a little context will take you a long way. When you look at what some other people have walked through and are still standing. You know, sometimes we just need to, to, to look at it, square our shoulders back and say, hey, you know, th- this isn't the end of the world. This isn't the first time. This isn't the last time. Uh, people walk through this and God has been faithful to them. I know I can because he'll be faithful to me. I'm not the only one going through it. But God is faithful. 
and he will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. And immediately uh, in the context of, of you know, that, that word there, tempted, we think that it's temptation. It's very easy to, to get off, in, you know, off course a little bit and say, well, that's just talking about temptations. It's not really talking about trials or issues or struggles. Uh, you know, it doesn't really say that. It's talking about tempting. Well, you've you got to look at the, the actual word. The, the word is uh, pirasmus. It's a Greek word. And here is the, uh, the full definition of the word. A trial, probation, testing, temptation, calamity, or affliction. Those are all the definitions of this word. Let's, let's, can we bring that back up real quick just so we look at it in context? Thank you so much. No temptation, Erasmus, no, no temptation, no struggle. Uh, no hardship, no calamity even, a calamity. And a calamity is a, you know, uh, something that's terrible, something that's completely unexpected, something that you never saw coming, uh, but God did. No calamity has overtaken you, no, no valley, no issue, no turmoil in your life. No trying, no affliction has overtaken you, except such as common to man. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted or to walk through any calamity or issue or trial beyond what you are able. But with the temptation, with that trial, with that calamity, with that testing, will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. Amen. Now, it's very easy for me to, you know, to you know, just use the wrong word there and read over quickly and make it say um, a way of escape. But it doesn't say that. It says the way of escape. And so I will tell you this. There are some things uh, in your life that if it's not for God, sister, you're sunk. There are some things. I'll tell you that much. I've seen it. I know I'm talking truth right here. There are some things in your life that are too hard for you to walk through and be okay and be healed and get through to the other side with your sanity intact Without God. I believe that. How, how many can testify by raising your hands tonight that if it were not for God, I would not have made it. I would not have walked through what I walked through without God. Hallelujah. That's about everybody here. Amen. Praise God. Some trials we do have to last through, though. Thank you so much. Um, some trials we have to last through. And this is, this is irritating because uh, for me, like, you know, I, I, I like to think of myself as a fairly motivated person, you know, especially once I get, you know, in headlong into a project. I like, to, I like to see, you know, I like to really do stuff quick. I like to see things come together well, uh, you know, at the outset. And I, I, I like to see progress, don't you? Yeah. I love working on projects that you can see, like, you know, a ton of, you know, I love painting. Painting is great because nothing will make a difference in a room as quickly or as cheaply as a can of paint. A lot of other things, they, you know, it takes a lot of work, takes a lot of issue. You know, you, you gotta, you gotta do this. You gotta, you know, laying a floor or doing this or stomping the ceiling, doing whatever you're doing. But nothing does it quite like a coat of paint. It looks like a whole new deal, a whole new room. I love that because it's, it's easy. You know, you can do so much so quickly. I like quick results, don't you? I'm spoiled. My goodness, we, are, you are spoiled. And in, in, in the age of high-speed internet and just, you know, fast, 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 LTE all the time, you know, over-connected, to be perfectly honest. We're used to fast, you know, and full, impressive results. But some trials, we have got to walk out. We have got to last through. 
and you cannot always expedite God's answer to your problem. Most of the time, you can't. You know who I think was one of the most frustrated people in the world? I'll tell you who was a real go-getter. Um, you know, someone who, who had that dynamic personality of like, I, I want to do it. I, just want, I want to do something great for God. I think uh, Caleb was certainly that way in the Bible. You remember Caleb, one of the, two, uh, uh, one of the only two who walked into the promised land. Caleb is you know, the, the, the son, I think, of Jephunneh. Um, he is the one that walked through all the things, and he saw all the things happen in Egypt uh, with you know God's amazing power, how all the plagues happened. He saw you know miracles in the in the wilderness. He saw God do great and incredible, powerful things. Uh, he was a go getter. I mean, honestly, he was like he was very old. He was way past what the world would have called his prime. Whenever he finally did get to go in the promised land, and 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 God said, you know, it's, uh, the man of God reaches out and said, "Hey, how you feeling, man? I mean, you've got some miles on you." And he said, I'm as strong as I ever was, and I am able to do this thing. I'm ready to, to take that mountain in the name of the Lord. I am, I am still ready to go. I mean, even after all that, he was still energetic. So I kind of, I feel like I could identify with him a little bit because he was so energetic. He wanted to do stuff. Do you know how frustrating it has got to be to walk for 40 years in the wilderness with 2 million complainers? Who caused the problem in the first place? Are you kidding me? Literally complaining every day, and he is one of two, three people in the camp who didn't cause the problem. And he's got to hear that. Oh, every single day. I'm going to do a little, um, I don't think we'll be able to do it quick enough. Um, Andrew, on your phone right now while I'm preaching, why don't you bring up Google Maps and see how far... Uh, it is uh, from the Jordan River um, to Egypt. Okay, what, no, just, just Andrew. Everybody else, thank you so much for all your volunteer help getting on your phones. We're good, though. Um, I, I, want, I don't want to misquote, but it's unreal even how quickly you can walk that distance. So while he's working on that, uh, just imagine every day. Here's the real frustrating thing. Uh, whenever you're walking for 40 years, You've gone in every circle, every back-to-back. You have gone everywhere in that small stretch. Sometimes we think, well, it was a bazillion miles. It took that long. No, it didn't. Matter of fact, they were actually right up to the edge whenever they had to turn back. This is not a far distance. It's right in front of them, and it's somebody else's fault that he can't go in. Some trials you don't get to just end whenever you want to. Some things you walk through. And you keep walking, and you keep walking. You got an answer for me? Seven days walk, according to Google Maps. I knew it was something like that, and it took them 40 years. How does that, how does that feel? Seven days. Oh, my goodness. It took them, it, it took them that long just to conquer Jericho. You know, they're marching around Jericho. And they walked for 40 years. My goodness, that, that's frustrating. Sometimes, though, church, you have got to last. You have got to outlast the problem. Sometimes you have got to be faithful, and you can't always expedite God's plan. When Joshua and Caleb were walking through the wilderness, it didn't matter how fast they walked. They weren't going to get there until the trial was over. That's something for you right now. It don't matter how fast you walk until 
God's season and timing in your life, you can't outrun God's timing sometimes. Sometimes you can't outrun uh, you know, the problem, the issue, the valley. Sometimes you've got to outlive it. Sometimes you've got to outlive the problem. It didn't matter what direction they went. They couldn't accomplish it. It's wild. And sometimes God uses the trial to purify and strengthen. And I'll tell you what, one thing is true. No one with a slave mentality made it to the promised land. Amen? Only conquerors and fighters walked in there. Praise the Lord. It's, it, it's sometimes, church, you got to outlast the trial. you got to live through the trial. But God is faithful. I'm going to read this next passage of Scripture here. John chapter 5. And I'm going to tell you something that maybe you didn't know or maybe you hadn't pieced it together. Or maybe it just needs to come alive in your life right now. Amen? John chapter 5 and verse 1 says, After this there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is in Jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool, which is in Hebrew Bethesda, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. Then whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water was made well of whatever disease he had. Now a certain man was there who had an infirmity 38 years. And when Jesus saw him lying there, he knew that he had already been in that condition a long time. And he said to him, do you want to be made well? The sick man answered him and said, sir, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. But while I am coming, another steps down before me. And Jesus said to him, rise, take up your bed and walk. And immediately the man was made well and took up his bed and walked. What an incredible passage of Scripture. What an amazing, uh, beautiful scene that we see here that, that Jesus transcends the plan of man sometimes. When the Spirit stirs the waters. The biggest indictment, I think, to the believer in this church or in any other where God moves is that there was a great multitude waiting for the water to move. Let me tell you that about that, church. Um, we need to be real careful about how sensitive we stay to the moving of the water. Because God has moved already powerfully in our worship service. Uh, uh, you know, people were here praying and seeking God you know, with all their hearts and prepared the way. I've already felt God powerfully in this service. But sometimes we can get a little bit immune to it. We can get so spoiled and, and we just assume that the, the water will be moving whenever I'm ready. Whenever I feel like moving, I'm sure the water will be moving then. And, and, and what an indictment because and there's a lot of places, there's a lot of churches even across this land and across the world where there's a multitude of people who would love to be encouraged by the preaching of the word, would love to receive just a, a, a powerful experience in worship and to hear uh, you know, the word being, being spoken and hear and see the operation of the gifts of the spirit in action in their life. There are a lot of people uh, who would love, who would give anything for some of these experiences that sometimes we can take for granted. The fact that there was a, uh, there was a whole multitude of people waiting, hoping, Begging and craving a moving of the Spirit. Wow. 
What does that say about, about our society, about our world, about our church even? Are you craving, desperate for a move of God, for us troubling of the waters in your life? Amen. What, like I said, that's a strong indictment. It can be. I challenge us, church. Let's always remain sensitive. Let, let, let's treat it like, like the amazing and wonderful and special moment and feeling that it is to feel the presence of God. Hallelujah. All these people desperate for the moving of the water, the moving of the Spirit. But Jesus had a really wild question um, to give a lame person who's obviously laying by the pool of healing to be healed. I mean, I, I think so. I think it's interesting the, the way that, that he just always, uh, Jesus doesn't ask the question that uh, you expect. He asks the question that you need to hear. You don't always ask the obvious question. He says this. He said, comes up to this guy. Only the Son of God, only the Son of God could have the audacity and not feel any, uh, you know, any you know, no, no, no shame, no reason not to. He knew what he was about. I think I would feel like really awkward asking somebody who is pitiful and laying there completely lame and paralyzed, um, laying by the pool that heals people. I think I probably would ask him a lot of things. One of them wouldn't be, do you actually want to even get healed? Is that what Jesus said? It's pretty close. He said, uh, do, do you want to? Let, let's read it exactly. Do you want to be made well? I'm pretty sure I was, I'm, I'm there. Like, uh, yeah, do, do, do you want to be healed? I mean, he's a guy who can't walk, so I mean, I'm, it's not a far stretch to say, uh, Jesus said, do, do you even want to walk? Do you want to be healed? Do you want to be made well? I think sometimes whenever the Holy Spirit um, moves on us, we, we can get so accustomed to our own issues. We can get so accustomed to giving in to our flesh and feeling sorry for ourselves uh, that, that we don't even, uh, we, you know, it, it kind of takes us aback when Jesus actually says, I would like to do something in your heart. I would actually like to do something in your life even right now. We're just, oh, well, this, is my, this is my thing, you know. Like, I've grown very comfortable in my infirmity. I've, I've grown very comfortable in, in, my, you know, in, in this place. And honestly, I don't know what I'd do if I was better. That's why Jesus asked him. He said, well, do, do you actually want to be healed? And the guy actually doesn't give a really good answer. He does something. I'm going I'm to preach this real quick. You know what he says? He says, it's somebody else's fault. not making this up he says you know, whenever whenever the water is stirred and whenever the water is troubled I don't have anybody to put me in I don't have somebody who will take me and who will put me in there Jesus I'm not worried about that right now I'm not asking you if it's somebody else's fault I'm not asking you if you have the help I'm asking you do you want a move of God in your life that is what God would ask you right now it's not so much a, what's the reason behind where you're at you know what are you comfortable there are you happy there you know why are you here you know Jesus didn't say well what happened to you as a little guy did you get dropped you know and or did you break your back? Is it something that recently happened? What's going on with you? He said, do you want to be well? And his answer wasn't really great. Because our answer sometimes is not really, really great. Because we can become comfortable in our infirmity because that covers a lot of stuff sometimes. 
I've seen a lot of people backslide because of what started out as a genuine issue in their life. I've seen a lot of people just, you know, and, 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 and these are real things, but, but in the end, you've got to ask yourself, do I want to get up? Do I want to move forward? I know that what they said hurt me. I know that it kind of derailed what God was doing in my life, and, and what they did was wrong, but, but the question is, do you want to be well, or do you want to be uh, affirmed in your weakness? Do you want to be affirmed in your problems, in your infirmity? Jesus does not come into a place to affirm the infirm. He does not come into a place to say, you're, you're fine, and you, I understand why you're there, and it's okay. Whenever, Jesus, whenever the water is stirred, whenever God comes, and whenever Jesus starts to move and starts to stir things up, he's saying, you don't have to be there anymore. I'm not worried about how long you've been there. I understand you've been there a long time. I already know I'm not worried about why you're there. I'm worried about one question. Do you want to get out of there? Do you want to move forward? Do you want to have a move of God? Or are you so happy and content in your weakness? That it's easier. Because here's the trick. Jesus is going to heal your legs. He's going to expect you to do something. Jesus said, do you want to be well? God didn't have a really great answer, but you know, then again, I wouldn't know what to say to Jesus' questions. I mean, I would be, I would be so worried that I'm going to be off you know, base on something. I don't know, God, just whatever you want. But what he says, do you want to be made well? Sir, I have no man to, to put me in the pool when the water is stirred up. But when I'm coming another steps down from before me, it's somebody else's fault. And it's also somebody else's other than his fault, too, because somebody else always takes my spot. And, and, you know, and, 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 and no one will help me to, do, to, to get up out of here. You know, and, it's, and it's not an illegitimate uh, reason, by the way. I never said that. I never said that this guy even could. I mean, he, poor guy, he can't even get up. And then somebody's always jumping in the pool ahead of him. Somebody who can probably walk. Let me tell you this. Some people are more position, easily positioned uh, to, to, to do some things. And some people really have to fight for it. But God will make a way. Amen? And Jesus said to him, rise, take up your bed, and get to walking. And walk. And immediately the man was made well, and he took up his bed, and he walked. So here's the thing. I think the reason why sometimes we're a little bit hesitant whenever we ask God to do some of those things in our life is because we know that, that the, the miracle comes with a responsibility. If God is going to heal you, you want God to touch that bitter place in your heart, in your life, that means you're going to have to actively go out and love people not allowed to be a Christian hermit for the rest of your life and never trust nobody because I've been burnt before. Yeah, well, guess what? We all have. But we got to love people. We got to be Jesus. I know you got burnt. We've all been burnt. But we got to love people. We got to allow people into our lives in a powerful and meaningful way. We got to, we, we got to love people like Jesus loved people. Let me tell you this right here. If Jesus loved people enough to embrace somebody who he knew betrayed them to death. Some of y'all sitting here tonight, and this is not a joke. You've had some, you, you've had, you've had some vipers that you've hugged close before, and they have bit you. 
But unless you um, have literally embraced your betrayer who caused you to be beaten, tortured, and murdered like Jesus when he hugged Judas, then you got a little left in your tank. Because if Jesus can do it and Jesus is in you, you can do it. Man, but that's a responsibility. I'm not big on that. Like, you know, God, I don't want to be healed in my heart if it's going to cause me to have to open it up. Do you want to walk? God, I don't know if I want to take on the, you know, this calling or this anointing. I don't know if that's what I want because, man, if, if, if you heal my legs, I'm going to have to walk. And I don't know if I really want to walk. I don't, it's been so long since I walked. And, you know, and now it's a responsibility. That's work. If God's going God's to do something powerful in your life, he, you're going to have to work. You're going to have to do things in the kingdom. You want an anointing on your life? Guess what? You're going to have to fight for it. You're going to have to use it. Anointings aren't made to sit there and glow. If you've got an anointing, you're going to battle with it. God don't waste anointing. You want anointing, then you, accept, you take on a big responsibility whenever you go from someone who lays around spiritually to somebody who walks. Who walks the walk. And so that's the question. Do we really want what we ask for sometimes? Amen. God wants to be believed. God wants, amen? God wants to be believed. Jesus opens up something that you don't see every time. This, this, this is the fun part right here, all right? So I know like you, you might feel like I pummeled everybody for a little bit, but uh, uh, here's, here's the, the good stuff, you know, the, the, the fun part, because uh, Jesus walks in there, and he does something that you do not see very often. Uh, because, like I said, you know, Caleb and, uh, and, and um, Joshua, they had to walk all the way through. A lot of times you've got to walk to the end of your trial uh, before you get out of it. That's just how it works. It's just how it goes sometimes. But something powerful happens here. Every once in a while, God will open up a breach in the supernatural, and he'll do something powerful. Sometimes it's God's will uh, for you to, to, to be healed in due season and due course, and sometimes he does something so powerful and miraculous uh, that it, it happens now. And he expedites that healing because the waters have been stirred and faith has been received and his word has been believed. And the next thing you know, uh, th things are coming together way faster than makes any kind of sense because you believed God. This man did not have to just get saved and live the rest of his life as a paralytic and then receive a new body in heaven. Something happened today. Something happened now. Something happened in this moment because God was believed, because Jesus was believed. And the next thing you know, he is getting up and he is walking. He is moving forward. He's doing this now. Every once in a while, and not always. Like I said, let me reinforce the theology there. Not always is there just a quick, easy out for your trial. Sometimes you've got to outlast. Sometimes you've got to walk it out. But, but sometimes there's such a powerful stirring in the spirit. And God says, you know, guess what? I'm giving you something special right now. Not because you did anything right or because you walked out of it. But because I am here. I'm just telling you right now. You can walk right out of this thing if you want to. Because I have opened up a breach in the natural via the supernatural. And right now, if you will just believe in faith, you don't have to be paralyzed in fear anymore. You don't have to continue to walk this way anymore. You can actually right now believe God. And whenever the water is stirred, you'll 
know it. You can't fabricate it. You can't make it up. But let me tell you, whenever God begins to move and the Holy Spirit begins to stir his people and you have any kind of spiritual sensitivity in your mind and in your heart and in your soul and you understand that God is moving, God is speaking, and he is here for you. He has stirred the waters of your heart, of your soul by the Holy Spirit's power. Then next thing you know, he opens up this opportunity that is rare. And it's powerful. And he says, you can rise right up and walk out of this season. In KJV, it says, uh, um, when it's talking about uh, the, the, the stirring of the waters, it says, in a certain season, the waters would be troubled. A certain season. Whenever God comes on the scene, then his season can transcend your season. It might not make much sense to you. It might seem like you, you know, there's, there's just not much going on for you, uh, and, and that you know, there's just, this is just something you have to live with forever. But God said, and Jesus would have you know right now, your season, my season can interrupt that. Whenever it's a season of faith, a season of God moving, uh, it doesn't matter what season of life you are in. It matters if he troubles the waters, if his season is right for you to move forward in the name of Jesus, for you to walk right out of your trial. You don't get to pick it. Some people preach up and down that uh, it's up to you when your trial ends, and no, it is up to God. However, God has the ability to stir the waters in the middle of a different season. This man received healing out of season. Oh, you know, and, and we didn't even read the passage afterwards where the Pharisees get involved. Oh, man. Always there. The Pharisees have a problem for every solution. That's their spirit. That's their attitude. They, they, have a pro, they have an issue. They have a problem for every wonderful thing. They're, and there are some people who are in your life, and they're not necessarily ones that are wearing big, tall hats and flowy robes, but you might have a Pharisee in your life and not even saved. And they have a problem for everything that you say that is good, that is trying to believe God. A problem for every solution. Now the Pharisees come in, they're like, you, you, you can't, you, you're not supposed to do it like that. You, you can't, you can't. attitudes. And it happens every time. He heals, he heals a blind man on the Sabbath. Next thing you know, well, you, you can't do that. You can't do, do work on the Sabbath. Let me tell you, Jesus' season is whenever he wants to stir the waters. And he needs only to be believed. Hallelujah. Let's stand. friend that you've been walking through what you're walking through maybe you don't even feel like you're walking at all maybe you feel like you're just stuck I don't know and it may seem like this season will never end or if it does it's going to be a long 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 time but here's the thing I love about God God is God in every season it doesn't matter if you're on top of the mountain or in the middle of the valley or halfway up the climb or if you're tumbling down the other side. I don't care. God is the God of every season. The Pharisees said there were only certain times whenever God could move. The spirit of religion says there's only certain times and then certain ways that, that, that are just you know 
men's preference and men's idea of what church should look like or what God should look like. Never get your theology by what somebody told you God was like. Get your theology from what God said God was like. And then view everything that men say based on that. Because God is the God that transcends seasons. And every once in a while, he will just open up a door. Just a, you know, a perfect anecdote really fails me right now. I wish I had just the best example. But sometimes he'll open up the door and he'll just say, Hey, if you will believe me, we can end this thing right now. If you will reach out and, and receive your healing right now, you don't have to go to years and years and years of rehab and relapses. Right now, and you'll know when the water is stirred, you'll feel it, and he'll say it. You'll understand it. Let me tell you, church, never allow the troubled water to pass you by.